0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's your boy. We back. Episode two of the Wii webcast. I know I said weekly, but it's been two weeks. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. Let's just uh, roll. So you already know what we're talking about. Anime, gaming, music. First up, we have to discuss Attack on Titan season four, episodes one and two. Episode one, we get thrown right into the middle of a war. We don't know what's going on. Well, if you're anime only, you don't know what's going on. Manga reader, you know what's going on. (laughs) So for us anime onlys, we don't know what's going on. We get thrown right into the middle of a war. We see these children, Gabby, Falco, and the nigga with the glasses. His name escapes me. And immediately, we're just wondering what's going on, who are they fighting, what are the stakes? We're clueless. Uh come to find out that they are Eldians and they're being uh basically given or uh taking orders from from the Marlians to go in and crush this country uh in order to assert their dominance basically. And along the way we see uh the other fodder eldians being like thrown in there to like be be, like the human meat shields the manpower all that but these specific group of eldians gabby falco and the nick with the glasses and some other children uh are there with them but they don't i don't think they mentioned their names i can't really remember um they're the special select group and they're basically being tested to see which one of them are going to be able to inherit uh, the titan powers. Gabby specifically is in line to Well Gabby and Falco are in line to inherit uh Reiner's armored Titan, but Gabby's in the lead right now because Gabby's just OP beast. I don't know why people say that they don't uh they don't like Gabby. Like her person they say her personality her personality is really annoying and that you'll grow to hate the character, but I don't know. I-, I was like really uh growing like attached to the character, like when I saw her. Like she seemed, you know, really energetic, outgoing, and <laughs> and outspoke it. Cause she basically called all these niggas trash when the uh their commander is like uh was talking to him. She was like, Yeah, I'm better than all these niggas. <laughs> basically. But yeah, I mess I mess with Gabby. Falco, he seems He seems like he might grow on me. Uh, He seems like he has a lot of baggage with him, though. Um, So, yeah. Gabby uh, says she can accomplish a certain task, which is to take out the armored tank, which is a special technology that this other country has developed to combat the Titans. Speaking of the Titans, like where we are right now, the Titans ain't really that much of a threat because they were getting taken out like left and right. They weren't they weren't really like doing too much. But you know they still powerful or that, but they were being held at bay a bit. So yeah, that armored tank, Gabby developed a plan to go take that shit out, and she succeeded. I'm like, dang! Like she, she don't, she's showing the tactician side of her too. So she's not just a llama who came back. Uh, her talk up, she's showing that she can, uh, be about what she talk about. So that's another uh, a bonus to her character. So yeah, we got that, um. What else? Uh, he took out the tank. Oh yeah, we see the uh beast titan making appearance. It was Zeke that nigga Zeke? Um, he's he's uh, like leading the, the 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 titan expedition to go take over. He drops a whole bunch of uh, that's the the little fodder titans. Like he he's sending niggas out their little hair uh their little aircraft to drop down into the opposing country in that a in the anime that shit was done beautifully like the music synced up perfectly like when the titans dropped so like it was like a really immersive effect like you just felt that like it hit 10 times harder when the titans dropped and the music dropped it just enhanced the experience that much um yeah uh and basically, the episodes, episode one was basically just an introduction to give to give y'all the rundown, like where we are, what's going on. And it ended with Zeke talking about their failure from four years ago. I believe it was four years. Don't quote me. I think it was four years from four years ago, talking about uh how they couldn't bring back the founding Titan, which is uh, referencing to uh their failure on Paradise Island to bring back Aaron. So, yeah. Uh, time has passed. Titans are becoming obsolete. They changing what the they trying to uh, find a way to change with the times. We'll see. Now moving over to episode two of Attack on Titan season four. Uh, here, uh, we get to see a little bit more what's going on. We actually get to go into uh one of the cities within uh, Marley. It's the uh, the hometown of Gabi and Falco and Reiner too. So uh they all get to travel home after their little conquest, and we get to have some character moments. They talk to they talk into their families. And throughout the episode, there's a there's there's certain scenes we see of a man, and he's just there looking, or he's on the ground being uh kicked around or or like pitied. And I'm wondering, like, what's the significance of this person? Like, because, you know, Attack on Titan, maybe they'd be, they be uh, showing shit that's important very subtly in the beginning portions of arcs. And it doesn't become relevant until later. So I'm thinking that's this man has to be one of those things, because in the way they showed him, they gave him. Too much screen time and focus for him not to be important. You feel me? Like, he was just looking at uh, Reiner and Gabby in in the distance. So I'm thinking, like, he's going to make a move or either he's just staking them out, observing them, gathering info. And then later in the episode when Gabby and Reiner are talking after they just came from, like, a family dinner, they show the man on the ground, the same man, And like, uh, the authority figures within the city are just talking about, oh yeah, they say he was a soldier and they're just looking at him, he's just sitting on the ground. But it's just that, that, those quick few seconds of screen time that they just focus on him that tells me that he has to be playing an important role within the series at one point or another. So yeah, um, episode two, they all come back to their hometown, uh, they have a meeting to discuss going back to Paradise Island in order to retake, well, to take the founding Titan from Aaron. And they they approve them they approve the mission. So, you know, uh all the all the Titan Shifters, the Guardians, as the um uh, the Marlins call them, the the Guardians are their uh military unit of Titan Shifters. The guardians all gather. Uh and they just discuss their plan, and so among other things, in order to go back to Paradise Island to take back the founding Titan, and they're they're all okay with it for the most part. And then after that, uh, Gabby Reiner, they go have family dinner, and they ask Reiner about his time on Paradise Island, and here they're assuming that you know. That he's just gonna say like like what well, they're all thinking that the people on Paradise Island oh they're horrible they're savages because they're they're expressing their hate for the people on Paradise Island. they're like oh why should we have to suffer for them they they betrayed us they left us here to suffer we hate them they're expressing all of that hatred already but after asking Reiner that question the way I the way I took it he was. Reiner described sasha when he answered that question he was like there was this girl she who ate who like ate all the food potatoes and potatoes and whatnot and then like when one of the people there one of the uh the the what, what were they in the survey corpse has been so long I can't remember I think they were in the survey corps. and the leaders of the survey survey corps asked her for food to share her food she offered up a portion of her potato that wasn't even half I took that as sarcasm uh, like him showing a bit of affection toward to towards them, you feel me? And after he gave his answer, his his mother was just horrified. Yeah, his mother was just horrified. By the way, uh, Gabby and Ryan are cousins. If y- y'all didn't know, Gabby and Ryan are cousins. Yeah. So yeah, Ryan's mother, Gabby's aunt, was horrified, and she's just looking at him in like complete disbelief. Like, like, jaw dropped, like, shaking. She she can't believe what she's hearing. And I think to, like, a certain extent, maybe Reiner couldn't believe what he said as well. But, like, after that, you know, he just ended the conversation like, yeah, that, that but, yeah, that, you know, that's enough. So, like, when Gabby and Reiner are, like, walking back to whatever building they were going to, she was like, aunt thought you were lying. And she's like, I don't know. I I think you were, too. But she definitely thought that that you were lying. And, you know, he just kind of dismisses it and and brushes it off. But, yeah, I I think, like, deep down, like you know, he kind of grew attached to Aaron, Mikasa, everyone back there. So, yeah, uh, episode two just sets the stage for things to come. We're we, we know that they're gonna go back to Paradise Island and oh, yeah. And Zeke gave the stipulation that they have one year to bring back the Founding Titan, so they have only one year to bring back the Founding Titan. If that uh doesn't happen, I believe Zeke is at the end of his rope, so he'll die anyways. Uh, but yeah, uh, they got one year stipulation death if they fail. <laughs> So, uh moving on from Attack on Titan season four. Oh yeah, before before we move on, why is everyone talking about that they don't like this opening? Maybe it's like maybe it's not as good as the other opening from Attack on Titan. Because Attack on Titan has some good openings. The first opening for the series got you real hype. It was really epic and grand. It set the stage perfectly. It was kind of uh scary too like when it got a, a bit darker uh within like the cer- the certain part of that opening. I can't I can't really rem- uh name it, but yeah. It re- it really fits the tone. And I find that uh it may be different for attack on titan, but the season 4 opening it really it really fits for what's going on right now. And one of the theories going out there is that they're going to like add more scenes as as the season progresses because right now it's, it's kind of lacking because we don't know too much but like as the series goes on they're going to add more scenes to it maybe change the music slightly a bit so uh, if that happens kind of be like a JoJo's kind of be like a JoJo's uh, intro and I always love the JoJo's in, uh, intros so if Attack on Titan does anything like that I would really like that and I think it'd be uh, really dope to see and hear. So, uh, yeah. Moving on. High Q. High am I'm gonna just say this now. High Q is the best. Yes, you heard me. The best sports shonen out there. It's better than Kirk No Basket. It's better than Eye Shield. It's better than all that, all that, all that. High Q. High Q. But. Q to the Top, Part 2, just ended. Episode 12. We finally get to see the conclusion of Karasuno versus... Uh, the name of the school escapes me, but the Mia twins. And, bro, that match was so epic. Almost every episode left me just wanting more just had me antici- anticipating next week's episode every every episode every episode and i don't know how how haikyuu does it but just maintaining that level of anticipation and hype is just amazing so episode 12 ends we get to see uh what's it, shoyo and uh, to- uh, Kageyama, I'm thinking about Toby Kageyama and Shoyo Hinata. Hinata, Kageyama, and Hinata. Uh, we get to see them put it into the Mia twins minus tempo quick, and the way that was displayed in the anime can't be described with anything less than amazing. The shading. The, the silence, the anticipation created by the scene was top tier. So I get the Mia twins confused, but the Mia twin with the blonde hair. He goes in for the set. Things slow down to a, a crawl. They use a the slow motion effect. He goes in for the set. He sets up his brother. His brother's really close to him like uh because uh the shorter the distance uh you know the quicker the ball can get hit so he sets up his brother minus tempo quick really fast dead silent once the ball reaches his brother's hand for the for the spike you just hear nothing but the impact I just thought that was, that was so great to put such a focus on how hard and how Im- the ball was hit and how important that one shot was because it, it was to win the game. They were tied. This this last shot could have won the Mia twins and their team, the game, the match, same thing. But just that emphasis was really key. And then after that, we get to see Kageyama and his facial expressions like, we're not going to lose. We want to win. Karasuno will win. We just see nothing but the determination on their faces. And Haikyuu uh, really uh has this effect. Or like this, this... What's the word I'm looking for? This focus on their character's eyes. That's representative of like the animals that their teams are based off of. And I think that's really unique and dope so we get to see Hinata's and kageyama's eyes and you know they're sharp laser focused like a crow's so they're locked in they've been locked in all game and the moment of truth comes where they have to stop the mia twins spike so the ball meets both of their hands and they get a deflection. The crowd goes crazy. You're left with a sense of excitement, a sense of anticipation, and a sense of loss. Because you feel sad for the Mia twins. Like, at least I did. Throughout the whole match, we get their backstories of the characters on the opposing team, the Mia twins team. And we get to see just how hard they've worked to, to get here for that moment as well. So it makes you sympathize and empathize with them. Like, damn, these guys put in just as much work, maybe, maybe more. Well, obviously not more if they lost, but these guys put in work too. And it just have all that shattered, the one key moment like dang but Q is just amazing the the focus and attention that they give to those moments and their characters is chef's kiss amazing so we get to see the conclusion of the match um mia twins and their team obviously they're devastated karasuno and their fans, they're going crazy. They can believe it. <laughs> they can believe it. And they're just so happy. They're all tired. We have some uh, moments where they're just trying to recoup. And about to get ready for their next their next uh, challenge next season. Which is their rivalry with Nekoma. And you know, everyone in the episode... Is counting Necromat. They're like, oh yeah, they can't, they can't hang with Karasuno. Necromat, easy, like easy peasy, piece of cake. <laughs> and they're like, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> they but you know, they're like Nekoma is based off cats though, so like you know, they're they like a little bit more sly with it. So like you know, they ain't really bothering them too much. But yeah, so we have the stage set for season five. And I honestly just, I can't wait. I cannot wait for season five of High Q. High Q has become one of my favorite animes to watch. Easily. It's just so hype. So much quality. It's just such an amazing series. If y'all have not watched High Q, you may be thinking like volleyball. I don't care. I don't care about volleyball. I thought the same thing too when I first was getting into it. But it it's really worth it. It'll make you care about volleyball. So yeah, do yourselves a favor, and if you're not watching Haikyuu, go start High Moving on to gaming. Recently, I just bought a Nintendo Switch Lite. You know, I've been trying to get back into you know Nintendo, because last Nintendo console I had was uh, 3DS XL. So. I cop Pokemon Sword and Smash Bros Ultimate, and it's been a while since I played a Pokemon game. Last one I played was uh Alpha Sapphire, and you know it was cool because my favorite Pokemon game is uh Emerald Version. So I just uh that like Gen Three is my favorite generation. Uh, That's when I first hopped into Pokemon. I've been a Pokemon fan ever since. But Gen 3 has always been my favorite. So being able to cop a remake of that and play it and experience it was really great. But that was the last Pokemon game I had played until I recently bought Sword. And I've been putting so many hours into this game. It's ridiculous. I put in about 40 hours. into the game already and i'm just on i just beat the second gym and got the water badge so yeah i i can tell like i'm gonna be playing this i'm gonna be playing this before a while uh i caught 41 pokemon part of those are like evolutions not like 41 uh different pokemon well they are different but you know what i mean Uh, those 41 consist of uh, like evolving my pokemon the once or twice um what else the wild area you know it's a really welcome addition to the game is it makes it hella easy to train uh auto exp share uh, is already on uh it makes the game easier i didn't really like that like uh when they implemented that in the newer pokemon games uh having the auto exp on our i liked it better you know you got the device and you know you attached it to one pokemon sure it took longer to train up pokemon you had to like switch them in and out of battle or just attach that device to them individually and it took way longer but uh, i just like that challenge a bit more um but you know it's it's cool i guess uh helps you progress faster um but yeah, I'm just really excited to keep playing that. Uh, moving on Smash Bros, bro. This is my first time ever playing a Smash Bros game, and I'm trying to main Kirby. <laughs> I'm trying to have Kirby be my main. I like uh the character design. Uh, I like his moves. I like how he move. His grab. Yeah, I'm trying to main Kirby. Uh, I thought about going with Pikachu, but. <sighs> I don't like pikachu's grab like it's it's so it's so small but like pikachu's specials uh how he can like shoot lightning to like uh those electro balls to like uh stun opponents or like call down lightning and you can move out the way it's like the opponent can get hit by it or it can hit you and like have a a bigger aoe effect uh i'm with pikachu but i don't think i'll main pikachu maybe have pikachu like in my back pocket or something but yeah still haven't collected all the characters though i think it's so stupid how you have to uh go through this this this, like the spirit mode and fight echo fighters in order to unlock all however many characters i think it's like like 40 plus or something like that however many fighters (sighs) is it's extremely tedious it's extremely tedious but yeah um what else cyberpunk Cyberpunk, damn, that's tough. <laughs> I think I can just sum it up with that. That's tough. Cyberpunk was so anticipated, one of the most anticipated games of this year, but it just got off to a rocky start with the game being unoptimized for like PlayStation 4 and uh, the previous Xbox. <sighs> that ain't it that ain't it everyone's talking about they're having problems with it it's getting review bombed that's tough i was supposed to get the game uh when whenever it released uh, in december because my girlfriend had pre-ordered it from me for valentine's day like way in february so i was uh, really looking forward to it but you know after all this stuff that went down the videos that surfaced online the reviews kind of glad that, kind of glad you know that 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 I didn't I didn't get it you feel me <laughs> that the pre-order I, I got canceled i am kind of glad I dodged the bullet cuz you know if this game had gotten pushed back and they worked on it for so long all that time you know I would expect a, a finished product maybe not perfect but you know playable and yeah they just didn't deliver so but i heard that you know there's going to be like a patch coming in january that's going to like fix these problems so i guess everyone who has the game will see you know i'll i'll see people's going on you know if they got that patch i might consider you know buying the game but uh yeah moving on to music a lot of music has dropped since uh, the last episode but I only cared about like three of the projects that dropped so i'm only gonna talk about those three we had q drop an ep called the shave experiment some smooth alt r b it was five tracks about 16 minutes and it was r- really good um i liked like a good three out of the five tracks so you know a uh, good percentages right there but you know uh take me where your heart is it was probably the best song on there it's a really nice and smooth r&b track has an uh an, an, like when i listen to music i see colors so like the beat on there reminds me of like you know, like a, a a nice dark deep red it's like really really soothing music in the in the uh in the vein of like, uh, Child is gonna red bone. Uh, he has like that sort of vocal effect going on uh, throughout the whole EP. So, yeah, definitely check that out. We have Man on the Moon 3, third installment, Man on the Moon series. Kid Cuddy is back with his, his best album, solo album, his best solo album in what, a while? Uh, definitely better than uh, Passion Pain and Demon Slayer and Mind Pain, Speed and Bullet to Heaven, uh, all that. All that. The last, I'm going to keep it, but like, I haven't really liked the Kid Cudi album since like the first one. So, yeah, <laughs> it's been a while since I liked the Kid Cudi album. But, you know, really great to hear that. I like the good majority of the tracks like a like a solid 10 out of the 18 uh my favorite song on here is solo dolo part three the beat on there is amazing along with the vocal effects throughout the whole album are are, a really good production it's really spacey kid Cudi's known for uh his is like you know his uh his thing his his logos like you know man on the moon his trademark astronaut so Production is really fitting for that aesthetic. Top-notch throughout um, lyrics. You know, Kid, Kid Cudi, you know, uh, he ain't the best rapper, but I, I think he put, like, a, a deeper focus on the lyrics on this one. Uh, At points, you know, it varies in quality, but for the most part, I thought he, he did a pretty good job. In totality, the album... Is is really good. His be- like I said, his best one to me in years. So yes. Check out Man on the Moon 3 if y'all into Kid Cudi. And finally, we have the last one. The best. save the best for last. Taylor Swift dropped her uh her ninth studio album evermore which is the the sister album to folklore and what else can i say but she she don't miss (laughs) it's impossible she 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 just don't miss evermore is so Mm. amazing i I really don't know like uh which one between the two that i like more because i feel like with folklore i felt like as a whole you know folklore had like the slight edge but like in terms of like individual songs i think evermore might have the slight edge in that category uh let me pull up the the track list right here since i have uh, like spotify open So we have 16 songs. Well, my bad, 15 songs. It runs for an hour. And I, I have, like, look at most of these songs. Like, it's the songwriting on here and, like, the emotion that she provokes with her lyrics. That's always, I find, that's always been Taylor Swift's strong suit. It's just the emotion she evokes with her lyrics. And also, like, the yeah, just the lyrics themselves. Production is really uh, done well. You know, she has some nice instrumentation going on here. Uh, subject matter, you know, it's Taylor Swift. You know what you're getting into. Uh, yeah, Evermore. <laughs> the best one here uh in terms of like her best album i don't know what that might be i still think it's 1989 but yeah evermore is like up there top 5 taylor swift album maybe even top 2 i got to give it a couple more listens but i think it's a really great project and yeah that's episode 2 of the wee webcast you know still don't know <laughs> How often I'm going to do these weekly. This one was bi-weekly. It's been two weeks. But I'm going to try to come up with a conclusive schedule. And do these as often as I can. But, you know, y'all want to follow me. Keep up with all that. Catch me on Twitter. Cam is based. K-A-M-I-Z-B-A-S-E-D. And, yeah. It's been your boy. I'm out.